Welcome to Farm and Fiddle, the podcast that celebrates and explores rural life for today and tomorrow. We are the oldest radio program on the planet that works on sustainability and talks about sustainable agriculture in particular. We air on KOPN 89.5 FM from Columbia, Missouri, and we're on the web at kopn.org. This podcast is from a radio program that aired October 21, 2020. Thanks for listening. I'm Margot McMillan. I'm Josh Stevens. I'm Red Hartman. Welcome. Yeah, it's pretty good day to have a choice, yeah. And good evening, one and all. It is time for Farm and Fiddle, the radio program that celebrates and explores rural life for today and tomorrow. The oldest radio program on the planet, and that of course means in the universe, that celebrates sustainable farming and uh, the traditions that keep farmers going and have kept farmers going for millennia. We're going to have a really jam-packed program tonight. We're going to check in with Jackie Castile and learn about the Missouri Organic Association, find out what they're up to. They've got their annual meeting coming up. I guess it's in February. It seems like there's uh, still a good chance it will be an in-person meeting, uh, not just a virtual meeting. What an idea. I'm Margot McMillan. And here's my interview with Jackie Castile of the Missouri Organic Association. Well, Jackie Castile, um, tell me a little bit about Missouri Organic Association. Well, um, so I have just in the past few years been involved with Missouri Organic Association. I know that your listeners are used to Dan Kibler coming on and sharing some information about what um, their activities are doing. But with so many things in um, our communities and interests these days, uh, we've got some of the old guard moving out and some new faces coming in. Um, And in addition to that, we've got a new set of buildings that are part of that equation. So um, yes. We just um, had uh, Bill Rotz, a a huge person in our community, uh, passed away a few weeks ago. But before before he did, he was moved by Missouri Organic Association's mission of um, supporting ecological and organic principles. Um, He came to our conference that we have every year in January and had a lot of conversation with farmers and realized what we were doing was creating 
um, a network of some very different, um, you know, folks from all different sorts of farms and different levels of the agriculture industry and trying to unite them on um, some of those particular things. So we're really excited because Bill has um, helped us in uh, what he's left uh, for our community. And we now have a venue, uh, which during these COVID times is a little tricky, but for the future, we have another resource for our farm community um, here in mid-Missouri. We're a statewide, even multiple state kind of organization when it comes to our conference. But I really thought of Farm and Fiddle and um, our smaller farmers and um, small farm activities as being what this new facility gave us an opportunity to support and do more with than we have in the past. Or maybe return to it. I don't know. I feel like MOA has a long history and many different pieces to it. Um, and we're, we're exploring how we can, uh, you know, help solve problems moving forward. That is great news. Now, can you tell me where this, uh, where the buildings are and what, what is it? What are the buildings? Oh, so um, the historic Hartsburg Grand, it's in Southern Boone County. So it's right between Jeff City and Columbia, kind of midway. Um, it's in the town of Hartsburg. There's not a whole lot going on down there besides a few churches and a, a cafe that's open on the weekend. Um, but these two buildings have been, uh, they're right next to each other. They've been a restaurant. Each one of them has been a bar and grill or a restaurant in the past. Over the past five years, it's been used as like an event center for folks' weddings or fundraisers. The um, Arts Alliance organization down in Ashland had a plein air like painting event there um, mm -hmm. this past year that was successful. Uh, but the big part is we have two commercial kitchens within it. And like Dan Kibler, uh, we are hoping to rent out either hourly or setting up uh, monthly rates for uh, value-added producers that really wanna go for it um, in having another space available. I know that there's an awesome incubator kitchen for rent now on the business loop for different folks, but for me, being from food service and then being connected with farmers through this organization, I really see more than ever, I know we've been talking about it for a while, but those folks who may have been in the restaurant industry and aren't being able to make the money that they need to now because of their jobs being uh, furloughed or not non-existent can be taking those opportunities to really jump into something, um, you know, if they have the support to jump into something like pop-ups um, or producing value-added goods for the farmer's market. I think every time uh, I've been to the Columbia farmer's market, I've been impressed with what other offerings are popping up. So Jackie, for people who might not understand what a certified kitchen is, maybe you could just, you know, 25 words or less, explain why this would be so important for a, a small producer that can't afford to uh, put in a, you know, $40,000 kitchen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really, and, and a certified kitchen can mean so many different things yeah. in terms of equipment. And uh, so an example is, is Dan's um, 
Dan's operation, he is uh, farmer Dan sauerkraut mm -hmm. in pickles and kimchi. Mm -hmm. He needs uh, a commercial mixer in part of that process. He also needs um, the right kind of sanitizer machine and a three bay sink system. There's these different um, regulations put forth by our health department. And sometimes they are a little more costly to maintain on your own or each one of those pieces of equipment that you have to buy separately is gonna really um, heighten that cost for a small business. But what we're trying to do is provide that leg up for people who are starting and who are motivated by processing farm goods. It's like, uh, we are going to put priority on the value-added producers that use our kitchen of being folks that are helping take things like um, Dan, who's taking cabbage and processing it. Um, we want to try to connect folks down the whole line of finding farmers to help produce these items um, and also help them uh, help the value-added producers that are trying to reach the consumers and the public. And that's just like two little people in a chain but we know there can be all kinds of people in that chain if you are going bigger up the up the scale with institutional services and things like that. So we're also trying to um, reconnect with the Mid America Food Hub, um, and they have a uh, like a walk-in freezer that we are going to have the option to move down to the Grand to have a large amount of freezer space. And that gets even more tricky because not only is the farmer needing to um, keep their goods uh, for the future in a freezer, whether it's meat or whether it's a different uh, freeze dried product, we're going to have that large space that would be very costly for someone to maintain. Jackie, this is, I did. I had no idea that this was going to be where we would go with this conversation. Ah. And I am. I'm delighted to hear this. This is something that's been mid missing from Mid Missouri, and we should maybe add to that that within a county, most of our counties in Mid Missouri, there's a option for um, a cook to cook in their own kitchen and sell countywide. If they want to go past those county lines to another spot or to go to a more statewide uh, market, they have to be working in a, a kitchen that's inspected and, uh, you know, there's certain standards of clean cleanliness and such. So this is really going to help a lot of folks move to that next level. So kudos, congratulations. And, and the exciting part is that we are, um, you know, it, it's mixed blessings in how we deal with the times and what they are, <laughs> but they have been giving us uh, the time to uh, put this together and try to seek as much input from our members as possible. We are uh, mostly, uh, our memberships mostly made out of farmers and farm ag business folks. Um, but we are hoping to reach more of the um, more consumer end of that, of both chefs and food uh, foodies and consumers, uh, and hope to have more membership of those uh, sorts of restaurants and things like that. Um, but we are calling all of the folks on our list to find out what are they growing this year? What are they um, looking for markets for? 
What do they need out of a commercial kitchen just to um, try to put in the, um, the, the research to get the right equipment? I know there's been a lot of different food hub projects and um, ideas throughout the past you know, 10 years on how to make these shared use kitchens really work. And it seems like there's you know, some kind of lean towards the baking side of things, some lean towards more fermentation. Um, we're definitely going to make sure we have that beautiful fermentation room where people can be processing all kinds of probiotic goodies. Um, Cause we're, you know, we come from, uh, I've, ma I've made a lot of sauerkraut in my time, but I really like the beauty of how it is. It's the vegetables that are there. We've also got some soup mixes that Mid-America um, Mid Food Hub has been producing through their like instant nutrition is where you can find more information online. But they have been signing contracts with institutions where they're looking at needing, you know, thousands of pounds of fresh vegetables like carrots and onions and different things. And they're trying to source as many of those things from uh, Missouri organic farms as possible. Um, but not all those connections are made yet. <laughs> not all those uh, pounds are accounted for. And so they've found themselves with more opportunities than they can meet right now because of um, needing more vegetable producers. Well, that's great news. It, it's really interesting how the pandemic has made people begin to really explore where their food comes from and appreciate these local sources. It's, I can't say that the pandemic has been a blessing in any other way, but um, it has done that for, for mid-Missouri farmers. Well, and I think that um, we see the, the shots on social media of the meals people have put together or looking for even more ideas of what they're eating. And you can't help but think a little bit more when you're making more of your from scratch meals at home. We have a wonderful restaurant community and there's so many fantastic things that get, uh, you know, I think folks underestimate how those restaurants um, produce that delicious food. And it's from using farm sourced goods. It's from using good quality ingredients. And uh, when they're doing that at home and they start to realize the difference between those products they're pulling off the shelves, I think it's hard to ignore. Everyone got to slow down and think about their food a little bit more this year. That's right, that's right. Slowing down is maybe one of the things that the, that the uh, self-isolation has given us well, let's move to the subject of Missouri Organic Association in the larger sense. Um, maybe you can talk about the mission and um, who belongs, and then we want to talk about the conference too. Oh, yeah. And so um, on our website at uh, MissouriOrganic.org or MOAOrganic.org, apologies. Um, our mission again, uh, and this is, I, I love mission statements because I do too. It, you know, I, it, it supports uh, organic and ecological principles. And I think that a lot of times when folks um, first hear uh, Missouri Organic Association or if I mention um, being involved, uh, they see it as a 
uh, Union of Missouri Certified Organic Farms. Do we have a lot of certified organic farms doing big grain or poultry or eggs? They're part of our network and part of the people that we serve, yes, but we are not just those farms. We are um, interested in seeing sustainable and organic principles be used on all farms. So whether you're going for a certified organic um, label in that route in your business, that's awesome and great. And we're all about educating folks on how to get organically certified. Um, but uh, we also are for the small farm or the homesteader, and we want you to be equipped with the latest information on uh, fermenting plant juices from uh, your own homestead to meet the nutrition needs of your plants that are in your garden. Uh, so it goes from even the smallest kind of uh, instructional opportunities to um, having big guests like Ray Archuleta who I was really, I really enjoyed that we had him at our conference last year. And then he was featured so prominently in the um, late, the documentary on Netflix. And so it's on the Doc Bronner bottles, but I can't think of it now at the okay. moment. Uh, but soil health principles and, and folks that are speaking to farmers with huge amounts of acreage and wanting them uh, to understand that integrating these principles are going to be uh, beneficial for them, beneficial for their neighbors and beneficial for their pocketbook in a lot of ways too. We're just trying to uh, help uh, make those changes and movements by getting as many people in the room to talk about them as possible. Um, I kind of feel like I addressed your question, but um, that's kind of how I've seen things before this point. And now that we have a headquarters in Hartsburg, and uh, one of the first things that came uh, to my mind when uh, we received those was the ability to better serve each one of these niches within what we have. So I look forward to, um, you know, and a workshop filled future. Um, where we can have uh, regular programming, whether monthly or quarterly, where we're having um, workshops in depth on how to, you know, get you started in uh, backyard poultry farming so that you can come and go to something and have a day long event that you really feel equipped to go seek out the funding from um, the Department of Ag or the USDA or, or SARE grants that you feel equipped to move forward in um, a farming venture because right now we need more farmers and we need more far young farmers. And I think that there's a lot of people who can feel passionately moved to do those things, but then can also say like, I've only done, I've only kept a house plant alive uh, or my <laughs> container garden is great what do I do next to make that happen? Um, and so we have so many good resources. Uh, nobody should have to struggle on uh, answering those questions when you can take the models that have existed throughout our country and see well-documented data of how those different organic principles have been affecting their farms, whether they're huge acreage or little bitty, one tiny little farm. I think it's pretty impressive.
And you are listening to Farm and Fiddle on 89.5 FM in Columbia, Missouri, and on the web at kopn.org. This has been an interview with Jackie Castile, and we're going to get back to more of that interview in just a few minutes. What you're hearing in the background is uh, Fiddling and Cello by Norman and Nancy Blake. This is uh, Medley, Greenleaf Fancy, The Fields of November, and Gonna Go Hunting for the Buffalo. We'll listen to that for a little bit more, and then we'll get back to our interview with Jackie Castile of the Missouri Organic Association. And let's go back to our conversation with Jackie Castile of the Missouri Organic Association. Yeah, you know, this is really um, touching me in a deep way because I've been on the phone quite a bit, and I'm sure you have too, with organizers trying to figure out the land problem, like getting the younger farmers on the land and breaking up some of these humongous farms that um, nobody can afford to buy and seem to be moving directly into foreign ownership because uh, you know a corporation from China or Brazil will buy them. Um, so 
I mean, the mind reels at how much work there is to do, but it's just so great that you've got this leg up now and that you're going to be able to work more with folks in our local community because Missouri has been pretty neglected in this area. Other states are way ahead of us, but uh, this is this is really good news. Well, uh, do you wanna move to talking a little bit about your conference or are you even ready to talk about that yet? It's not until well, February, is it? Or has everything uh, changed with this gift? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we have realized that we cannot have um, a conference like we usually do. Okay. Um, that with the projected uh, COVID regulations kind of staying around for a few months with winter indoor situations, um, we've chosen to go the route of assuming that these things are gonna still be in place in February. Um, so that means a 100 to 150 person conference instead of a 400 person conference. And so, that will look different um, and things will be socially distanced apart unless something drastically changes before then. But we're going to plan for that limited um, vendor hall and limited um, programming, but we're still going to do it. Um, we thought it was important to still have an opportunity for that programming. And then we're also partnering with um, one Voice for Ag, and this is a new um, organization that is really trying to unite um, groups of people. Back to that same thing of saying, you know, are do you identify with organic? Um, the uh, Liz Grasnack uh, organic CSA uh, producing so many different varieties of things. We want. Um, to know what's most important to you in the organic industry and how it should move forward. But we also wanna know from you know, the organic soybean producer or um, wheat or you know, the other side of that organic realm. Cause there's so many things in between dairy and cow and small ruminants and eggs and uh, medicinal herb production. Uh, I think that's one that a lot of people forget, but we have so many things that we use in our daily life that are made from uh, all those fantastic herbs. So uh, that's one of those value-added producer things too. I'd love to see some value-added producers down in Hartsburg that are making uh, those herbal products too, like Aris the sprays and the tinctures and face cream and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's in all realms, but so one voice is trying to um, kind of be on the advocacy side of things for uh, speaking with our legislators and just trying to get more associations and organizations together of saying we're working um, for similar ideals. Let's find out what those things are um, and bring that voice to our legislators, bring that voice to farmers and um, the folks that are going to be attending that conference. But they're going to help us with um, a live stream through that conference, two-day conference, where it'll be very similar 
to being there at the conference yourself, although you will have um, some co-hosts that are bringing you game day like commentary on the farm <laughs> conference. And so that'll just be like $25 um, registration on a Zoom link to be able to um, experience our programmers um, and our, our talks that are going on, um, but also get a little bit from uh, of information from the people in the vendor hall, whether they're the Department of Ag or USDA um, or a farm service agency, or perhaps they might be a, a, like Morgan County seed and have tools and things and let you know. So it'll be a little mix of what you normally would get at a conference. And will this conference be in Kansas City? That is the one detail okay. that I, I we're, we're not quite certain. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of other organizations that have encountered, um, you know, we're trying to shift our plans um, and hopefully that'll all work out for us to um, hold this event in Jefferson City Jefferson. where we can be um, scaled down and in a venue that's more appropriate for the amount of people that we can um, COVID safety have available. We've really, really enjoyed being at Stony Creek Inn in Kansas City um, over the past few years, but it's really more of a 300 to 400 person venue. Well, Jefferson City would be a good choice in February because you'd have the legislature in session. You might be able to make a little noise there and uh, uh, it's nice and central for our state. Yeah. and. Um, I think that that is one of the benefits we see in making that move of, again, like normally we're reaching, trying to reach as many as possible. We're in Kansas City. It's a little bit more of a population around there to pull from, but most of our farmers are pretty dedicated MOA attendees and will come and go anywhere within the state of Missouri uh, as long as they don't have to pay for parking. <laughs> <laughs> well... You're going to have to work on that one, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny how I, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to work with uh, the different organizations in my past. And um, it's, it's just interesting to see the kind of feedback that you get from farmers on um, event surveys, because I feel like uh, it is the salt of the earth and practical folks <laughs> who uh, are not afraid to tell you what they need. <laughs> Well, and I always realize when I'm around farmers that they would not still be here if they were not stubborn people, thrifty people, extremely intelligent, and uh, just just very uh, focused on what they think is the right way to do things. Yeah. So... <laughs> so um, yeah, you'll have your work cut out for you in finding the parking in Jefferson City in February. But I'm sure, knowing you, Jackie, <laughs> you will be able to do it. Well, it's nice to it's nice to plan a more intimate event um, with that uh, 150 person cap. Uh, it's nice to think about uh, a few different uh, pieces being a little simpler for that. Mm -hmm. But we hope that we will continue to reach. Uh, the number of people we usually do through that virtual stream and that maybe will even interest folks who um, wouldn't have been present otherwise. 
I think people are finding that um, there's a lot of hunger to connect over the internet, you know, if that's the only way we can do it, and finding that a lot of these conferences surpass what they thought they were going to have. So hopefully that'll happen with you guys too. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, is there anything that we have neglected to mention? Because well, it, I don't want to leave anything out. It was actually the thing I uh, inquired about originally. And that is, we have been doing a fall workshop over the past couple years. Oh, yeah, that. Yes. <laughs> and um, we have, last year, we had Mark Shepard come in and talked about water management on the farm. Um, and... This year, with knowing um, that we would probably be doing virtual, I wanted to hook up uh, Missouri Organic Association with uh, some uh, savvy professionals that have been responding uh, pretty well to that virtual, um, the virtual need, and that is uh, Missouri Extension because uh, Patrick Byers and those folks have been pumping out virtual opportunities and workshops. And really, if you have not attended one, um, they've done a really good job of incorporating uh, tour videos of, of with farmers that are doing the things that uh, Patrick's speaking on. Um, I watched one on high tunnels and greenhouses that they had done earlier this year that uh, went to like Millsap Farms. And so the topics in, that he was talking about, um, you then get the on the farm uh, perspective of it, which for me, from helping plan different conferences, I've been, I can, I got super geeked out on so many concepts they had at the St. Louis uh, National SARE Conference. It was amazing. But when I was there, I noticed it was more of your extension folks and university academics and um, less of an opportunity to see farmers um, and talk to farmers. And so I like that Patrick has done a good job of giving you uh, like firsthand experienced farmers sharing um, within his presentations that are also fueled by, uh, you know, the, the reputation for data and science that you're expecting from a university extension, so. Uh, oh, sorry. So Patrick's going to be doing this <laughs> workshop for us on produce farming. Um, this goes back to that need of saying we need more produce farmers. Uh, he's going to be doing that on November 12th. Um, yeah, I was making sure that I'm finding the right info, but my page keeps flipping backwards. Um, Okay, it'll be on November 12th, and we have information on that at moaorganic.org, but uh, it's going to be in two parts, so you can do the first two hours before lunch, do the second two hours after lunch, um, so at, uh, oh yeah, three hours, three hours, apologies, um, but we can we're also going to be, oh, it is, it's two hours. I'm just gonna have to uh, find, apologies, apologies. <laughs> okay, well, we will have a portion that is from 10 to noon. And that one is um, produce, 
uh, getting started, produce farming, getting started. And then there'll be two hours after lunch from one to three, that is about maximizing productivity. And um, that's kind of back to my earlier mention of like needing more uh, produce farmers and people producing vegetables that are um, these small farm fare. Uh, I figured that having these topics for our workshop, that um, it'd be that opportunity for anyone that like saw the need earlier this year to um, beef up their own personal garden. Um, maybe they did that with a lot of success and felt like uh, their next move might be to become a market gardener or start a CSA, or maybe a bunch of their neighbors uh, got hip to the fact they had great vegetables this year and they sold them at their office or they sold them to their neighbors and they're really looking to go this route and become a farmer and be on the books and submit uh, for, for funding and, and different things like that. I, I hope that uh, we can get uh, some, some new farmers started or you can hone your skills a little bit better if you've been doing it and you feel like you wanna try some things different. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but to me, every year on the farm is a learning experience. So, so uh, yeah, a little education doesn't hurt because things change every year. Well, and I think that's back to the attitude of farmers of like, uh, there is so much uncertainty in uh, weather, in ground, in, uh, you know, I, I had the privilege of working with River Hills elderberry harvest. Did you? This year. And it was amazing to hear them say that, like, they had three or four varieties in a certain field we were working in. And they said that for whatever reason this year, the one that is normally ripens last ripened first. And so like this thing that is predictable year after year, but for some reason, whatever condition was different in the weather that this one was the one that came out first. So that that's just one tiny thing that uh, seems like if there are ways that farmers can uh, eliminate uncertainty, great. But I also love that they are totally understanding of the fact that things don't always work out how you intend them to. Absolutely. Oh, don't get me started on that one, Jackie. <laughs> it makes them to, it makes them a, a very understanding crowd from yeah. an event organizing perspective. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Even if you, even if they can't find parking, they'll, <laughs> well, they won't be happy about it, but they'll, they'll let you live. Well, hopefully uh, I, uh, I can hand them a cinnamon roll or something. And <laughs> there <spot>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Jackie Castile. I really appreciate the work that you're doing and um, we'll, let's just stay in touch and, and keep us posted on stuff that you have coming up because it's, uh, you're doing really important stuff. Oh yeah. And, and we have um, a, we were a little lax on our social media for a bit, but we have an incredible um, team now and uh, have been, we have a newsletter that's coming out soon. 
but also um, they have been up on social media. So Missouri Organic Association on Facebook, and you can check out those buildings if you're interested in um, kitchen or venue rental um, at the Hartsburg Grand on Facebook. Perfect. Well, thank you for everything. And uh, we'll talk again. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Margot. And that was a conversation with Jackie Castile of the Missouri Organic Association. You're listening to Farm and Fiddle, and in the background is the cello and fiddle duo Nancy and Norman Blake. I'm Margot McMillan, and we have just enough time for a quick chore of the week. Well, here in the middle of October is uh, the end of our frost-free dates that we can count on. Uh, we know that winter's coming. If we have livestock, we know that that means that we're going to be feeding a lot of hay and grain and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure that everyone who has livestock has already put in a, a good amount of hay bales and, and what you're going to need to get through the winter. But there's another thing you can do to make your winter chores a little easier, and that is to give some strong attention to your watering system, your barn system. Make sure that your fences are nice and tight. This is this temperate kind of weather is a great time to go around with a fence tool and tighten up the wire on your fences. But most important, at least to me, is to make sure that our watering system is good. So I'm going to be out in the barn making sure that our frost-proof waterers are... They always seem to need a, a washer replaced at this time of year. Get, get that done. And then um, make sure that we've got heaters in troughs that, where we need them. And I don't mean heaters in plastic troughs. I mean heaters in troughs that are made out of metal that can uh, withstand it in case you know, you're sleeping late and you don't get out there and the water has disappeared somehow. So watch that kind of thing. I'm sure there's lots of folks listening who have melted a water trough in their day and uh, we sure don't want that to happen again. So get all those little nuisances taken care of and uh, you know, there'll be another chore for you next week. Uh, it's just that time of year. Well, it's always that time of year, isn't it? And that's it for Farm and Fiddle on uh, October 21st, 2020. I hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy, staying happy, finding lots of good work to do. We're going to go out with one more track from this CD with Norm and Nancy Blake. Um, the CD is called Just Give Me Something I'm Used To. And this last tune is fiddle and cello playing the walking tune.